Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Sometimes I just like to talk about something cute and cuddly, but it is one of those issues where, um, you know, it kind of falls under the radar under all the other news. And certainly if you are uh, one of the shelters for animals in this country, you know the strain, you know the, you know, the cards you're dealing with right now, and uh, they need a bit of uh, awareness and help. So this Sunday is a National Adopt a Shelter Pet Day. So you get uh, awareness, but uh, it is a great time of the year to go in and adopt pets. And this year, there are so many, as you know, pandemic pets that are being just dropped off or dumped. People can't take care of them. So it, you're not going to find just kind of the, the mixed uh, shepherds in there. There's a whole variety. But the shelters, they've got to pay for all this stuff. So they do need to get these animals into home. Let me bring in uh, Melissa Shupak. She's the division manager of shelter programs over at the Toronto Humane Society. And they are one of the many in this uh, awareness campaign. Great to have you, Melissa. Hi, thanks so much for having me. I couldn't work. I couldn't do what you do because I would come home literally with everything and my husband would be like, yeah, no, we're not having a shelter here. Say, uh, having said that, you do have an awful lot of animals. Let me kind of um, paint a picture because every shelter is different. But are you, are you guys over your capacity right now? What's, what's characterized the situation for you guys? Sure. Yeah. Uh, so we do have a fair amount of animals in our care. Um, our capacity fluctuates depending on, you know, the resources and needs available. So while uh, Toronto Humane Society isn't necessarily like we're fortunate to not necessarily have the same um, stray animal challenges that other organizations have faced. So we use our, our sort of focus is to help those pe- members of the community that are faced with challenges right. where they are looking to rehome their animals. Um, through relinquishment to the shelter, or we work with uh, transfer partners in or other parts of Ontario and beyond that are faced in different sort of um, barriers and uh, overpopulation and things that we don't face to help increase our life-saving capacity. So uh, we're just lucky in Toronto to have the community that we do who's extremely supportive of adoptions. Um, So when the animals are healthy and have minimal challenges uh, that are required for their care, they get adopted very quickly. So we're Mm -hmm. using today or Sunday, April 30th, National Adopt-A-Shelter Pet Day to sort of focus on some of those animals that do have a little bit higher care needs and sort of focus the attention there, as well as just the general message for everyone to bring awareness to, as you highlighted, just the thousands of homeless animals that there are across the country waiting for homes in various different um, organizations. Yeah, there's some older pets that sometimes get forgotten and a lot, a lot of the costs, uh, you know, I'm dealing with an older dog now and, and that's when it gets really expensive and sadly some people just can't take the costs on and so they have to walk away. But it's, uh, always nice to see those animals get into a loving home to finish out their life. But the other thing, you know, we've talked a lot about, uh, you know, over the last few months is just, you know, whether it's parks where, you know, they have to patrol them now because people are dumping their animals. They don't know what to do. They leave them with a bowl of food thinking that maybe someone will take them. Or we had the story of Matt who luckily got into a loving home, but people are having to make decisions like, 
I can't afford my dog or my cat, so I'm going to just leave them here. Um, so there's this kind of perfect storm. We've got like all these extra dogs. I don't think a lot of people during the pandemic thought about the long term. Um, you've got the economy playing a, an issue and, and people just the inflation, you know, people can't keep up with the cost. And so it's like you're dealing with um, things that you haven't really had to deal with before as far as the latest uh, challenges. Yeah. Yeah. I think you highlighted a few of the real sort of issues that pet parents are facing, um, access to care and then funds to support that care, uh, just the economy, housing stability, uh, job security, all of those things um, are challenging for pet parents and they are at a loss of what to do. And most of them that come and reach out to us are very distraught at the decision yeah. to relinquish their animal. And the ones that, you know, don't reach out to us are maybe not aware that that, you know, ourselves or any of the other organizations around that we are options for them to look or what services are available to help them through um, to potentially keep that human animal bond if it's still there um, so that they don't have to feel like they're they're at a loss and they're making a choice between you know feeding themselves or their children or their pets and, and being in that that circumstance so it is a very trying time for mm. everyone um, and our, our goal as an organization is to really keep keep the human animal bond together when it's there and be a source of uh, a place that people can come to, to, you know, we have a food bank, we do community day um, where we give out um, things that we have um, as well as our public vet service or uh, with Max's story that obviously highlighted our urgent care program. There's a lot of different things where we really, you know, want admitting the animal to the shelter to be our sort of last uh, line of defense for when people are there. Um, So it's, it is genuinely, you know, the pet parents are not doing this maliciously, I think, as a standard. Well, when you have to get rid of the uh, family pet, you know, things are pretty bad. So I don't think yeah. they uh, do it wantingly or willingly. But um, have you had to, given that so many people are partying, have you had to change some of your tactics as far as uh, getting pets into forever homes? Because I think a lot of people forget there are real costs. And, uh, you know, every time I think about getting a new pet, I've got to put 20 years of my life and go, okay, uh, yeah, I can do this for another 20 years. These are the decisions you have to make. You're responsible for them. And so have you always had to change some of your um, um, techniques as far as when you place in home? Not anything from our, you know, our matchmaking or adoption process. That hasn't really changed with the goal of, you know, we sort of operate really open dialogue um, with the them and making sure that commitment and desire is there. Um, and that's the right fit. You know, sometimes you look at an animal online and you're like, oh, my God, he's so cute. I'm instantly in love. And, that's, <laughs> and you find out a little bit more about their needs. And, you know, it's a sort of that, you know, if they are diabetic, can I afford to continue to, you know, provide? Oh, he's a border collie. He likes to play 15 hours yeah. a day. Oh. Yeah, that. <laughs> yep, yep. We talk to those, have a lot of those dialogues as well. It's just like the different care needs. So uh, that that process hasn't changed. One of the bigger things that we're we're seeing to just try and improve as many lives as we can is we've really engaged the the pandemic a lot um, with our foster parents. So there are a lot of animals that aren't actually in the shelter themselves, but are thankfully living in a foster home, um, which really helps our life-saving capacity because we can move some of those animals through, um, come in, get the care they need, and then find their forever home. And when that there is a little bit more required for them that they at least don't have to spend that time in the shelter and that space is, you know, then additionally saving another life. 
Um, so I would say that through the pandemic and now is where we're really, you know, engaged with the community and our foster, our loving, dedicated foster parents that continually take animals for us. Um, mm. But and then yeah, I, I can't yeah. do that either because I end up yeah. falling in love with them. So <laughs> there's that challenge. <laughs> the most yeah. challenging part of a foster parent is like, don't fall in love with the puppies and kittens. <laughs> However, it is very important. I, I tried it once and <laughs> got two animals out of it. Uh, well, look, I'm, I'm out of time. I'll wish you guys uh, much success. I know that uh, you're all working around the clock with this. And certainly if people can help out by donating food or anything or, or tools, <laughs> the Humane Society, I know you take that. Uh, Melissa, thank you for your uh, time. Yes, thank you. Thanks so much. Alrighty, that's Melissa Schupak. She's with the uh, Toronto Humane Society. But it is uh, on Sunday where it's Adopt-A-Shelter-Pet Day. So this is going across the country. And uh, they do certainly have a lot of strains on them. Like everything. Every system we are dealing with is dealing with a ton of strain.